0: It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn.
1: Time for California Wine Country with Dan Berger. Hello, Dan. Hello, Harry. Good to see you. California Wine Country is brought to you by Bottle Barn and Rodney Strong Vineyards. Rodney Strong Vineyards invites you to taste some award-winning wines at their winery and outdoor terrace among the vines. There's no better way to spend an afternoon than sipping crisp Chardonnay, lush Pinot Noir, or a powerful Cabernet Sauvignon with family and friends. Rodney Strong Vineyards is the premier winery and live music winery destination in the North Bay. Get your tickets today for the Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter duo Mark Cohn and Sean Colvin. Enjoy the evening listening to the soulful folk music you love. Learn more about all the concerts and events, and you can get your tickets at RodneyStrong.com. Rodney Strong Vineyards, committed to community since 1959. Well, we have in studio the Queen of Zinfandel. (laughs) At least that's what it says on her website. Welcome Carol Shelton of Carol Shelton Wines.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Our pleasure. Dan, what is Carol doing here?
0: (laughs) She could be here every week. she would be fine (laughs) with me. Uh, Every time she enters a wine in a competition, it gets a gold medal. So she'd be, just about every week, she'd be here to talk about it. This week was a windfall. She entered some wines into the Sonoma Marin Fair competition a couple of weeks ago. And, Carol, you can tell us what happened.
2: Oh, we cleaned up nice. <laughs> and the name of the competition? North of the Gate. So all the wines have to entered have to come from grapes grown north of the Golden Gate Bridge, which gets a little tricky. We actually got out a ruler and figured out <laughs> what is north of the gate, even if it's on the other side of the water from us. But, uh, yeah, we, we got like... Um, about six double golds and best of classes and we got best of contra costa county best of sonoma county and we got best of show red and they named me winemaker of the competition cool so you did okay (laughs) yeah we kind of cleaned up (laughs) in a manner of
0: speaking
1: (laughs) what can you tell me about the north of the gate competition
2: um, it's, it's pretty small. It's run by a very talented cancer doctor, oncologist um, named Valerie Ewell. And Dr. Valerie Ewell uh, judges at other competitions for other people, but this one competition is her baby. And uh, she brought it up. It was actually started by Ralph Swagler, who used to teach at Santa Rosa Junior College. And um, he moved off to Reno to be closer to family, and or Carson City, I guess. Um, but she took it over, and she babies it along. And um, every grape entered has to be from north of that Golden Gate Bridge. So we've had a couple of very creative discussions of whether Lodi <laughs> is involved or not. And uh, let's see, Auburn Sierra Foothills. So yeah, we we've definitely extended. But that when you look at the
1: longitude and latitude, exactly, it's north of the gate.
2: Yep. All right. Basically just
1: latitude. (laughs) Dan, what can you say about this competition?
0: Well, I've judged it in the past. It's a wonderful little competition because it takes so little time to judge it. I mean, it's a one-day event. You get some really good judges. And what's nice about it is it's homegrown. It's really – and the conversations are hilarious because we all – all the judges know each other and we're always teasing each other. But it's a really fun competition. And what's nice about it, of course, is that the winners are almost always – Wines that we have seen or tasted before because the group is local. It's all local stuff. And you can't, of course, you don't know what what you're tasting when you're judging them. But uh, what you hear is, gee, I've tasted that before.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How horrible is Chardonnay anyway?
1: How long has the competition been around?
0: I have no idea. Probably about 15 or 18 years, something like that, I'm guessing. And it's part of
1: the Sonoma Marin Fair? Yes.
0: yes, it is. It's down. It's actually uh, technically, and I think it's in Petaluma, or at least right. Yeah, the, the and, fairgrounds
1: uh, are in Petaluma. Yeah, yeah,
0: and and it's a, uh, it's a, it's such a small event that, uh, I mean, I could literally drive down there, do the judging, and be home by lunchtime. <laughs> it's, it's a lot uh, of fun. We, I we come back
2: it. after lunch and do the sweepstakes uh, rounds. Yeah. That's
0: true.
1: <laughs> when was the competition held?
2: Oh gosh, I think it was toward the end of. April. Okay. Something like that. Like the twenty eighth of April or okay. maybe it was twenty eighth of March. It was- at the end of a month. That's all I remember. All right. well, we're, we're at difficult. the end of a month now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, the Sonoma Marin Fair itself runs June 21st through June 25th. The theme this year is Fairest in the Land. And based on the number of medals you received, I would say Carol Shelton Wines are the fairest in the land. Would you disagree?
2: <laughs> well, thank you. I think so. We did pretty well, yeah. There's some, also some other great wines also that uh, really fair on, on other sweepstakes wines, like the best white was Navarro Vineyard's Grunerville. Outliner, which I didn't even know they made, but it was delicious. And uh, they also took Best Dessert Wine. That's not a surprise. Navarro almost always wins Best Dessert. And it was with their Cluster Select Riesling Late Harvest. Um, And then they had Best of County, Best Stonehouse Cellars got Best of Lake County. Navarro got Best of Mendo. Uh, Oak Farm Vineyards got Best San Joaquin, so they do include Lodi. Uh, Best of Tehama County, all the way up by Red Bluff and all that area. North of the gate. Yeah, Raging Bull. pretty north. Best of Sonoma (laughs) County was me, and then best of Contra Costa County was me. Oh, a double county winner. (laughs) Yeah, that's right.
1: What are we tasting right now?
2: What you have is the 22 Wild Thing Chardonnay. And we just finished selling our 21. Uh, we're just releasing the 22. And I know Steve likes it. I didn't know Steve wouldn't be here. But uh, I have to bring him Chardonnay to s- make sure that those dulcet tones coming over the radio are well lubricated. There's a
1: scanner at the door that detects Chardonnay. And That's you right. obviously got through the door, so you, you passed.
2: <laughs> so this is from a vineyard that we used to own up in uh, the southern end of Dry Creek Valley. And we bought the vineyard. It's I swore I'd never make another Chardonnay again because I made a lot of chardonnay in my past at windsor vineyards but i found this vineyard my husband did uh, to build a winery on and it was a perfect location for a beautiful hospitality based winery and production winery as well but the county had other ideas they said there's enough wineries in the area you can put a production facility but only visiting by appointment and maybe seven or eight events a year which wasn't going to cut it to for the amount of money we would have had to spend to build it, 8 or $10 billion. So we said uh, that's okay. We sold off the vineyard, and we still buy the fruit. And then we bought another parcel of land just west of Russian River Brewing in Windsor. And we still hope to b- build on that. It may take us a few years to raise the funds because the cost has doubled. Yeah. The interest rates have almost doubled. Yep. So, yeah, it'll be a little while.
1: <laughs> Talk about wild things.
2: A uh, wild thing was named for my Zinfandel originally, and it's because it's a wild yeast fermentation. So I add no yeast to the wild things in. On the Chardonnay and my Rosé and my Viognier, I really like fresh, uh, refreshing fruit. And when you do a wild fermented Chardonnay or Rosé, it comes across a lot weightier and more complex and earthy. That's not the direct refreshing fruit I'm looking for, but it does add texture. So this wine is 20 to 25 percent uninoculated yeast. It also is fermented by seven or eight other yeast. So I hand inoculate every barrel. We put the juice in the barrels. I go barrel by barrel by barrel and inoculate, and then they each one becomes its own little fermenter. And when they finish fermenting, um, we hope that the malolactic has finished at about the same time. We stir every barrel. And um, it goes on weekly for about six or seven months. And then we bottled this at the end of April.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Dan, tell me why Steve would love this Chardonnay.
2: I think he would love all of Carol's
0: wines, but especially this Chardonnay because it's made from uh, Chardonnay. <laughs> uh, as a, all right. But the other reason that he would like it is that – and Carol does something that I think you could easily credit her to for because – Very few winemakers really understand that higher acidity doesn't mean that the wine is going to be too tart. What Carol does is use structure as one element in the way her wines are made so that the structure is going to be both drinkable and approachable when it's young, but also take on a little bit of additional bottle bouquet as time goes by because the acidity is always good. So this wine has everything going for it. It's tropical fruit in the, in the aroma, which makes you think it's going to be seductive as hell. But it's really a very finely structured wine because when you get it in the mouth, it's tart. It goes with food. So that's why Steve would like
1: it, because it goes with everything. I like Ooh, it. Ooh. It's delicious. <laughs> I like it just as it is right here.
2: <laughs> Some of that tropical fruit, by the way, comes with a little dose of Viognier and a little dose of Roussan. No surprise. This year, yeah. I had a little <laughs> bit extra from my Coquille Blanc blend, and it fit the, the fr- fruit profile I was looking for just perfectly. So it fills it out. It gives it a little bit of roundness and juiciness. Um, but the the oak is not overpowering because it's all neutral barrels all french but all neutral and uh, the stirring brings up texture as well and some creaminess but it didn't quite finish melalactic if it finishes all the way it gets that big cloying butter Hmm. heaviness and um in some years like last year's fruit was extremely high in acid the 21 so um i needed 100 percent ml but this year it didn't need it so i got about this
1: is california wine country with dan berger sponsored by Bottle Barn and Rodney Strong Vineyards. Our guest today is Carol Shelton of Carol Shelton Wines, and she brought home a bucket of medals (laughs) at the recent North of the Gate wine competition held at the Sonoma Marin Fair. Are we tasting one of those medal winners now?
2: We are. This is one of my golds. I think I did about five golds and six double golds or something like that. Um, But this is the wine we're most known for. It's our signature wine called The Wild Things In. And it's our 2020 current release. And it's called Wild Thing, as we said before, because of the wild yeast fermentation. And the fact that it's organically grown up in Mendocino means that the yeast that are growing on the skins of the grapes have not been messed with by pesticides. So they're a lot stronger and they can finish the fermentation a lot better than if pesticides had been there to kill off all those yeast on the skins. So it makes a very creamy wine. It amplifies the fruit quite a bit. And finishes fermenting just fine because they're strong enough.
0: Blackberry, them. violets, it's gorgeous, absolutely stunning. Well, I've had this several times since it was released, and this is on, coming into its last months of availability. So if anybody wants it, this is the 2020 vintage from Mendocino County, and if anybody wants this, fabulous. Let me, let me just say, Carol Shelton isn't known for her Zinfandel for, by accident. This stuff is seriously a creative uh, effort. And if you need a good bottle of Zinfandel, this is the one to buy. <laughs>
2: And it's very accessible because you can get it at all the Oliver's stores, at Big John's, at Molesbury's, um all the usual suspects. And it's now in Raley's and Safeway. So we've gotten big enough to make the big boys we give us a space on the shelf. And Dan,
1: talk walk. a little bit about Mendocino as a wine-growing destination.
0: Mendocino has some of the oldest infantile doll- that was ever planted in the state of California goes all the way back to the 1800s, and some of those vineyards were planted by Italian farmers who knew what they were doing. And is this uh, part of the Cox uh, vineyard? Mm-hmm. So, this is up in the Ukiah area, actually Redwood Valley, and this is warm but not hot. And the main reason is, as I recall, this is east facing. Um, it's much. either east or north-facing. Mm-hmm. And so that gives you a little cooler temperatures. And this wine has such explosive blackberry fruit. And it's it, it, remarkable stuff. And this is not the only vineyard in Mendocino that grows this kind of fruit for Zinfandel.
2: Mm. And it's blended with some Carignan and some Petit sera, um that grow on the property and are, are organic as well. Um, so that helps give some of the layers of complexity to it as well as a lot of big fruit pop.
1: Carol, give us a little bit of your history for folks who have not heard of Carol Shelton Wines before.
2: Um, I came from upstate New York originally. I went to UC Davis. I came out here in high school, actually. But then uh, I went to UC Davis hoping to study poetry. Of course. (laughs) And my mom said, no, you're the youngest of four kids. And the other ones have your typical BS degrees. And I don't mean Bachelor of Science. (laughs) Um, And they did not have jobs. And so, you know, when they have the uh, the typical liberal arts type degrees, they would have had to go for secondary degrees, which one sister did. Um, but mostly my mom wanted to see somebody get a career with all the dollars that she was pouring into our education. And she knew I was good with sciences, so she didn't want me to waste it on the arts. So she said, go for the food sciences, look for something that you really enjoy And I took the introduction to wine, which happened to also be a science. It satisfied the science category (laughs) for English majors. Yep. And uh, it it just tickled every button that I had. I just said, you know, this has got the history. It's got the culture. It's got food. It's got all the... Sensory data coming into my head. It's got all the chemistry, the microbiology, everything I loved.
0: You have the enthusiasm of Dr. Frank, uh, 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 Ralph (laughs) Kunky. He was my mentor. (laughs) (laughs) What a surprise. I couldn't (laughs) have known that.
2: (laughs) He and Ann Noble, I I worked for Ann Noble as her lab flunky employee, but Ralph was my mentor because I specialized in uh, microbiology, and he was the only wine microbiologist in the country at the time that I was a. Davis. So I was one of the first dozen women to graduate with a degree in enology from Davis or fermentation science as it was called then in 1978. So during my school years I actually worked for a woman that started the first independent wine lab. So I've actually been working now in the wine business since 76. And it's a very long, long time, long career. Been doing it a while. Years. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Dan,
1: but- I was going to throw a geek, alert, a geek alert out at you earlier <laughs> for Dr. Ralph. Could you give us a little more on why she reflects Dr. Ralph?
0: Dr. Ralph was just so fun-loving and so bright and so bubbly and so amazingly scientifically based. And Carol does a lot of what he was doing back then. But people didn't really understand Dr. Ralph. He was he was a little off the deep end, but boy, I'll tell you, what a great, enthusiastic guy.
2: Well, we have a funny story about Dr. Ralph because uh, he was studying malolactic bacteria,
0: mm-hmm. not
2: yeast. They're totally different um, parts of the microbial world. And he maintained the culture collection because that was his job, but it was just sort of perfunctory. He taught people about it, but he didn't have a passion for yeast. I do. So I told him. And this had been imbued in me a bit bit by Lisa Vanderwater, this lab owner that I had worked for in 76, that all yeast have personalities just like people. Some children go do sports. Some do computer stuff. Some do the arts. They all have different personalities, and they all express themselves differently. So do yeast. So on the same Chardonnay juice, you could get big, drippy, buttery. You could get French baked, fresh baked French bread, you can get tropical fruit out of the same damn juice. And he said, no, no, that'll all go away after you bottle. So at Rodney Strong, when I worked there for 15 years or 20 years, uh, we did a lot of trials of yeast and I ended up showing him the yeast trials and he would say, oh, that's because you barrel fermented it. It'll go away after you bottle it. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'd showed it after I bottled it. Well, that's because it was in barrels and not tanks. If you do it in a tank, you won't show those differences. I showed him they were differences, and I showed him reds. Oh, my God, you're right. He said, finally, be there you go. Guy. But he the charming
0: part of the story is that he never got upset. He was always interested in learning more.
2: Always, always. This is
1: California Wine Country with Dan Berger, brought to you by Bottle Barn and Rodney Strong Vineyards. Our guest today, Carol Shelton. Of Carol Shelton Wines. Carol, before we talk about the wine we're sampling now, folks who want to visit Carol Shelton Wines, where and how and when do they do that?
2: They can do that every day, 11 to 4. Our tasting room is in a business park called Pine Creek Business Park off of Coffee Lane three three five four coffee lane we're in the very farthest back right hand corner there's five wineries in there so you gotta pass all those other losers and come <laughs> visit us <laughs> just kidding and it's in the same business park with uh moonlight brewing and vertex climbing wall gym very popular
1: industrial park
2: yes very popular so we are open every day 11 to 4 and uh have a lot of specials that you can only get at the tasting room, of course, and actually, my tasting room manager, on my way out the door, said, "Tell everybody to mention the radio when they come in and they get free tasting
1: Oh, wow, well, you can 't beat that tasting.
2: Oh. These complimentary days.
1: tastings. Yeah. If you mention the drive, I'm going to make trump that. Just can't say radio. No, you have to say the drive, the drive or California Wine Country. We'll take either one. Okay, and that gets you a free tasting at Carol Shelton Wines in Windsor. Correct?
2: <laughs> no, Santa Rosa. Oh, Santa Rosa. Yeah, I'm we're sorry. just north of Piner Road. So Piner we're Road. Okay. Kind of just south of Coffee Park. Actually, gotcha. We were two blocks away from the fire damage mm. Coffee Park.
1: Uh, and are reservations recommended? No. We, well,
2: we'd love to know that you're coming, but if we don't, that's fine. We get lots of walk-ins. All right. Yeah. It gets, might get a little crowded if everybody walked in at the same time. It's the only problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you could shoo them down to Moonlight Brew- Brewing for a oh, beer, too. two, sure. And then say, come on back. Yep. All right. What are we tasting now?
2: So this is my new pet baby. It's called Barbera de Oakley. And the name is a play on what is grown in Piedmont where they grow Barbera. They make blends that are called Barbera de Alba or Barbera de Asti. And they blend Nebbiolo or whatever else they've got in with their Barbera.
1: When I hear Barbera, I think of De Flintstones and De Tom and Jerry. <laughs> and
2: <a> Barbera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Barbara. Um, no, it's, it's a little different. It's a red grape that is known for being fairly high acid. And in this particular environment, Oakley, which is down by Martinez, Benicia, Antioch, Brentwood, where all the good corn comes from. Um, it's right at the edge of the mouth of the Delta. So it's Contra where Costa the County. Sacramento River Pardon? Contra Costa County. Contra Costa yeah. County, yep. And it's right at the mouth of the San Joaquin River where it dumps into the bay. And it's flooded there so many times that the vineyards are coated with about two feet deep at least in sand. So they're on their own roots. And mostly we have to graft vines that are grown in normal dirt. But uh, in sand, the bug that we're grafting against, called phylloxera, doesn't like sand because the grit gets under its shell. So it, it stays away from these vineyards. So it's rare to find own-rooted vineyards. But uh, this is one, and actually the next wine is one as well. Um, Oakley is full of them. And they are over 100 years old. They were planted in the 18, 19, sorry, 1880s or 1900s, very, uh, right the around the... Great- turn of the century.
0: That's the great thing about uh, grapevines, is they will live almost forever. Yeah.
2: They may dwindle in production, but in this case, I was targeting a Zinn vineyard uh, called Planchon, and my good, good friend, late friend, uh, Kent Rosenblum, used to use the vineyard, and I sort of inherited it and started making Zinn off of it. And um, when I was, I had two years into (coughs) making the Zinn, the guy managing the vineyard said, oh, and by the way, there's Barbera on these two rows on the outside <coughs> and there's Merlot on the little bit of the strip of the driveway here. And so I was like, really? You didn't tell me this. So we took the Merlot and we took the Barbera and we really love the fact that they all blended together beautifully. So this is seventy-five Zinn so that I can or sorry, seventy-five Barbera, so I can call it Barbera. It's ten percent Zinn, ten percent Merlot. And then I threw in a pinch of carignan from a neighboring vineyard in Oakley.
1: And how did this do at the North Gate competition? Well,
2: this one got a double gold, best of class, and... Is that it, all? It also got best of Contra Costa Is Cali. that all? <laughs> yeah, that's all. <laughs> it's done really well. It's I've been so proud because it's the first year I've made it. And I'm uh, really, really happy with it myself. It's on our table a lot at home.
1: Dan, your thoughts on this Barbera d'Oakley?
2: Structurally,
0: with the good acidity... It's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's got the acidity for a Barbera, but it's got more fruit than you're typically used to from a Barbera because it's got a darker color than most Barberas from Italy and it's got a little bit more vibrancy in, in the aroma. So it's got a little bit that Zinfandel does come out.
2: Yeah. And the Merlot, actually. It was a a very unique clone of Merlot. I actually bottled some of it separately in 19, and it is delicious. We have a little tiny bit left at the winery. I only made like 54 cases. It wasn't even enough for the wine club to get a bottle to every person. And I just actually did it by accident because I was passing by the vine plucked a a berry absentmindedly, put it in my mouth and went, whoa, what was that? It was so good because I'm not a Bordeaux grape lover. I don't really care for Cabin Merlot all that much because I'm allergic to bell peppers and anything that gets herbaceous like that really really turns my stomach. So it was so berry driven and so delicious, but I sacrificed it to make this beautiful Barbera.
1: Dan, talk a little bit more about Barbera.
0: Well, I visited uh, Roqueta Tenaro in uh, the Barolo district in Piemonte uh, about 30 years ago and tasted through probably 15 or 20 producers of Barbera. I stuck to Barbera. I did not taste anything else, just Barberas. And I found that the variety is absolutely seductive if you really like completely dry red wine. It doesn't call for much oak, and if you give it too much oak, it becomes a completely different thing. I'm not entirely sure. I love it that way. I've tasted good ones that have oak in it, but this one has almost no oak, but it's absolutely what Barbera is supposed to be. It is the definitive example of how to put a wine with pizza.
1: Oh, there you awesome. go.
2: Yeah, you know, I, actually, I've got to confess, I was present when this wine was being judged by its panel, and um, Mike Dunn, who wrote for the Sacramento Bee and was their wine critic, Had this wine, and he said, this has got to be the single best Barbera I've ever had. And he's in Sacramento, right there by the foothills, where the Sierra foothills are California's Barbera area. So I felt really, really good about that. And Barbera, by the way, sells out in the foothills.
1: California Wine Country with Dan Berger is sponsored by Bottle Barn and Rodney Strong Vineyards. Our guest today is Carol Shelton of Carol Shelton Wines. And we have popped the cork on yet another bottle of wine. <laughs> what are we sampling now?
2: Well, this is another of my, my favorite children these days. Because it keeps winning all these great best of show awards. It's lovely. So this is called Coquille Blanc. And Coquille is the French word for scallops or shellfish. Properly in French, it should be Coquille. But a lot of people don't Know that two L's and an E aren't heard in French. And
1: pronounced in Spanish, it would mean frog.
2: Exactly. I don't really want to call it frog red. so yeah. you know. uh, But Coquille Rouge, I also make a Coquille Blanc, which is um, all white roan varieties, but the Coquille Rouge is all red roan varieties grown in Oakley. Which is the same place the Barbera came from. Back
1: to. in Contra Costa County. Yeah.
2: And they are um, over 100 years old, growing in sand. Um, a lot of the vines are sort of lying on their sides. Uh, the varieties in here are not your typical mainstream. So the Rhone varieties used are Mourved, which contributes a big black cherry kind of fruit base and a little leatheriness and a, just a touch of tannin, uh, Grenache Noir, which on the other side is very light and strawberry-like, lighter in color as well as body. I do produce a straight Grenache Noir from Oakley. Um, and then uh, Petite Syrah, which, of course, gives you a little blackberry, a little bit more tannin, again, in some color. Carignan, which gives you a little bit of red raspberry and some bright acidity. And then the last grape is called Alicante Boucher, which is a blue flesh variety, very unusual but found in a lot of old vine field blends, which this basically is, but old vine field blends of zin as well. And it has a lot of blueberry character. So you got a whole fruit basket here from cherry to raspberry to blackberry to strawberry to blueberry.
1: (laughs) Dan, your thoughts on this liquid fruit basket? Well,
2: there can't be a better
0: all-purpose, all-everybody red wine on the planet for this thing because First of all, it's got all of the grape varieties you mentioned. You can identify them if you go one by one by one, if you know them really well. The Grenache really sticks out as the number one uh, variety for this because it typically softens the tannin levels. And whatever tannins you're getting from the Petit Sirah are all uh, moderated by the fact that you've got some beautiful Grenache in here. And then on top of that you've got good acidity but the acid is not the dominant feature what it is is the aftertaste so the wine really is meant to go with hamburgers or or so uh, maybe rare ahi tuna or something like that it's it's got it's it's halfway between a dark red wine and a pinot noir so it has everything going for it it's got all the flavors it, it's a miraculous experience
2: mm, thank you yeah, it's got very juicy fruit. I just want to go when I drink yeah. it. And it goes great with anything off the grill. The blue so. fruit
0: from, from some of those varieties is so evident.
2: Yeah. I love the perfume that comes off of it, just sticking my nose in there. So,
1: Dan, I asked you about Mendocino County as a wine-growing destination. We've been talking about wines from Contra Costa County. Tell us about Contra Costa County.
0: Well, first of all, when Carol mentioned that they're old vines, she didn't. Uh, go into the detail, which uh, I could, but I'm going to save you the uh, agony. Uh, old vines can produce some rather incredible flavors, and it takes a long time for a vine to get old. The French consider their their vines to be young until they're 25. They're young vines at age 25. In some areas of California, we're replanting it to age 25. So these vines that go 100 years in Oakley, this is a real treasure, it's it, but it's opportunistic in a certain way because the winemaker has to know that you can't let this stuff sit on the vine until they get overripe because it, if they get overripe, you've lost it. So you've got to be out there harvesting early enough to capture those beautiful fruit flavors, and that's what this brand is all about. The Carol Shelton wines tend to be balanced and structured, and the reason is that carol has been in the business long enough to understand you've got to watch that fruit and don't let the the, the, the vintage get away from you.
2: Yeah, we pick this at the end of August every year. Perfect. So, yeah, Just it's, perfect. It, it's a labor of love. And if you picked it, it at the
0: end of, of September? It would be too late. It'd Way be, too It late. would be port. <laughs> yeah, it
2: would be. Pretty tasty port, but it would yeah. be port. <laughs> <Yeah>. Carol, <laughs> how did
1: you find yourself out in Contra Costa County?
2: Actually, the, the guy that manages the vineyard, he's he's kind of a character people know gary and and uh, Gonzalves is his name he's from an old portuguese family that grew up growing grapes out there he had some extra grapes one year and he came knocking on my door and i said well i guess i could wiggle a few tons into my program and i started with the coquille blanc in um, 18 i think and i started with 400 cases i grew it to about 750 now we're at about 1200 And because it's a wine that has to be explained, when you see Coquille Rouge on the shelf, you don't know what it is. The customer doesn't. And so a store has to hand sell this or a restaurant if they've got it on their list. And a little easier for a restaurant, maybe for a server to talk it through. But in a store, it takes a lot of loving to give this wine some attention.
1: Dan, how would you introduce this wine to a novice
0: first of all if i were in a restaurant situation and i had this on the list i'd keep it in a in a cool place really cool place so that the temperature on this wine would be at 60 when you serve it to the to the customer and i would have a bottle open in the restaurant at all times and just offer them one ounce serving for free and and defy them to buy a (laughs) bottle this stuff is so delicious when it's cool I and mean, we're sitting in a warm studio here, it's not exactly optimum. We have no hamburgers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but we, we
1: could fry them on the table. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, you're gonna promise me a hamburger for tomorrow? Is it what Wimpy does? Yeah. I'll gladly pay you tomorrow for, for a, a hamburger today. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> so Carol, tell us about The future for Carol Shelton Wines. What do you have coming up?
2: Well, we're hoping that we'll be building in Windsor. Um, We've been in our little space. We've been in business since 2000. I left Rodney Strong, our host for the program, and Windsor, which was one winery at the time. I was there 20 years, and I left there in 2000. And I gradually grew, grew, grew just by organic growth. So we have no partners at this point And we're looking to find a lovely partner investor who will help us develop the property that we already own next to Windsor uh, Russian River Brewing. And at that point, it will have an incredible hospitality facility. It's actually permitted for a kitchen, a whole restaurant kitchen. And we're looking for doing a lot of events there. Um, hosting Custom Crush, in other words, making wine for other people to help us pay the mortgage, and uh, being able to make all our wines under one location, because right now I have to make the wild things in up at the lovely folks at Rack and Riddle in Healdsburg uh, to help me get that done, because it's just too much quantity for the size where I am. I've outgrown that wine. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm expanding in the way where I make as many Rhones as I do zins now. So, and then the Are Barbera. you soon to be the
1: queen of Rhone?
2: I guess so. Okay. <laughs> we're going to have to come up with some other <laughs> little nickname. But um, we got the Barbera. We got some Chardonnay. So we got a few things that are not Rhone or Zinn. Um, but we're still enjoying what we're doing.
1: And, All right. Remind the folks where they can visit you right now.
2: At our tasting room on Coffee Lane near Piner, north of Piner. It's 3354B Coffee in the very back of the Pine Creek Business Park, 11 to 4 every day. On the weekends, it's Heather, and on the weekdays, it's Miss Carolyn taking care of everybody.
1: Dan, closing thoughts on Carol Shelton Wines.
0: If there is an iconic Sonoma County brand, and there are probably 12 Many. or 18, <laughs> uh, and I can name them. Carol is certainly among them. And one of the reasons is her long, long history with the vines here. And not just making wine, but with the vines and knowing the growers and knowing the people behind the plants and how those plants are tended and how she has to work diligently with them to make sure that they're doing what she wants them to do and they want to please her because she's got a great personality and nobody wants to cross paths with a great personality because you don't <laughs> want to get somebody who's lovely to be angry at you. So that, And you never get angry at anybody, so that's mm. not... But the point <laughs> that I'm making is that this is a historic property without its uh, chateau estate. It's, it's a great, great project and I wish everybody could See what's going on over at Carol, Sh- Carol Shelton
1: Wines. Thanks, and, of course, Dan. for more information, you can visit their website, carolshelton.com. Carol Shelton of Carol Shelton Wines. Thank you so much for joining us on the thank California you Wine so Country. Much
2: for all your time here.
1: Dan, as always, thank you. It see has you been a pleasure. See you soon. Harry.